0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California.
1: And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
2: And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and
1: I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's
0: Cathedral in the Maya's back on the pod, everybody. So excited!
1: Always fun
0: when Maya's with us. Yeah. Always fun. <laughs> it's the best. Oh. Uh, Maya may be fast encroaching on not only all-star status, but someone who's been on the podcast more than anyone else since we switched to Charlotte and I plus guests. So Yes. Um, uh, Hannah Wilder and Mary Lynn Colson and Kathy Wilder are on notice, I think. <laughs> so you need to, you guys need to talk to Maya about this. Um, we are so excited that Maya is back. Uh, and we are here to talk about the gospel for proper 14 for this upcoming Sunday, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, uh, August 9th. From Matthew, as you may have imagined. Uh, But before we get into that, we are going to ask Maya a couple questions to see where she's at and what she's doing. So, Maya, would you tell us uh, what is going on at St. Paul's? What are you working on these days in your uh, ministry context?
2: Oh, you know, we Zoom in uh, (laughs) a lot. I am currently working a lot with Charlotte on our youth offerings, Um, we are working on a dismantling racism class. We just finished uh, week four of that. That's been going really well. Um, We've been adapting the curriculum from the Absalom Jones Center for Racial Reconciliation in Atlanta and digitizing those uh, resources has been um, interesting and trying to translate that curriculum to the digital world. But it's been really fun. And with the little ones, we are doing Zoom every week, and um, it's great.
1: Sweet. And David, I have to tell you, like the Maya makes it sound like digitizing it is easy, but the skill level that she executes in making something that was designed to be an in-person program relatable over Zoom with challenging content and a really deep need for connection as part of the program, mm-hmm. I'm just blown away by the caliber of resource that she's mm-hmm. created. It's really amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. Maya's the bomb.
1: I know. Hey.
0: Maya's, Maya's repping Gen Z real well.
2: Thank and you. Wow, what an honor. I feel like we get a bad rap sometimes because of like TikTok or whatever.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I. I, you know, you're killing it. Gen Z is doing a great job coming up. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Um awesome. So thank you Maya for doing that work. Uh and Charlotte, you do you both are teaming up in the in an amazing way to do that stuff in the in the diocese. Um Maya, would you then share with us where you saw God in this past week?
2: Why yes. Um I'd say I saw God In, you know, I feel like on the days I'm not working, I'm so exhausted. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've often referred to it as like sharks—they have to keep swimming, and then when they stop swimming, like die. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like you know, I'm just swimming, (laughs) swimming, and the second I stop swimming, I'm just like, like I just shut down. Um, so it was one of those days last week, and. It sucks, right, because it's like I can't go out and do what I want to do because I just want to sleep, and I don't get to, like, enjoy the world because I'm just so tired, right? Um, And that was just kind of my day, and then just how rejuvenating it is to be outside. So I went on a walk, really tired. I, like, forced myself to, and just almost immediately, I just felt so, like, awakened and enlivened and energized by the world around me. And that really felt really awesome and beautiful, and I felt very comforted by that, that I can just, like, I don't go outside nearly as much now because, you know, I don't have Wi-Fi outside, <laughs> <laughs> and I need to Zoom or not, um, but just, like, that comfort and reminder and kind of also um, noticing nature around me um, is great, so.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and actually that is thematically very appropriate for our gospel, at least the beginning of it this week. Um, right. So thank you for sharing with us uh, about your ministry context, about uh, where you saw God this past week. And uh, for all those who are listening to the podcast, uh, we would love to hear from you um, and love to hear answers to similar questions. What What are you working on these days? Uh, where are you seeing god in your ministry context wherever that is it doesn't have to be in any kind of religious institution your ministry is wherever you are so we would love to hear from you you can email us uh, any questions comments stories from your week of faith discussion anywhere you saw god this week what you're working on in your ministry context you can email us faith to go at edsd.org you can also contact us through the website where you can always find all of those Faith to Go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can also follow us on and contact us through Instagram at Faith to Go. So now we are going to get into the Gospel for this week. Uh, it's from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. A familiar story, you'll recognize. Charlotte's going to read it, and then we're each going to take some time to highlight one point from the gospel and one theme from the gospel that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion and reflection.
1: Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God.
0: All right. Peter walking on the water with Jesus. We know this story well. Um, and really the only the, the main thing to remember here is that, uh, you know, last week we were talking about Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is the very next story. So, when he when it says in the beginning immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and he dismissed the crowd. The crowd he's dismissing is those 5000 people who he just had, you know, compassion on and the disciples wanted to dismiss and and he uh, fed with the loaves and the fishes. So that's where we are and Charlotte has the first point.
1: Yes, I have the first point which I'm affectionately calling even Jesus needs a break. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So I want us to look just right at the very beginning of this passage that we read today, which is Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. So as David mentioned in the last section, we had heard about the feeding of the 5,000 and when it had become supper time in that section of scripture, the disciples wanted to send the people on their way to get food, possibly because they were concerned about where they would get the food, but possibly also because the disciples were at the point where they needed food and a break. But Jesus said, no, um, we need to serve these people, be with these people, continue to minister to these people. And that was the story that we heard right before this one. And so Jesus realized in that instance, or at least it reads to me that Jesus realized it, that his ministry was calling him to be of service in that place. But then instead of getting in the boat with the disciples, he realized that he needed time set apart, that he needed to go up to the mountain and pray by himself, be with God, connect in a way that he couldn't surrounded by other people. And I think that that really resonates for me because right now when we think of connection, we think of being with people or responding to email or being on Zoom or any of those things that those are, that's what ministry looks like right now. Um, That's what life looks like right now. And that the word connection has taken on that meaning but connection can have a deeper meaning. Connection can be provided through rest. Connection can be provided through prayer. Connection can be through taking the time you need to have a break, whether that be like Maya talked about and where she saw God by getting outside and being connected to the world just through physical presence. Sometimes the way I feel most connected is when I feel the sun on my skin. I don't know if that can be true for either of you as well. But especially with as much time as I spend inside my house, because as Maya said, the need for Wi-Fi is great in ministry currently. If I choose to take my salad at lunchtime and go and sit out on the step outside my back door and eat my salad and I feel the sun soaking into my skin as I am eating my salad that may be the time of day that i feel most connected most connected to who i am and most connected to god i feel restored and refreshed and ready for what's going to come after that and i think that it's a really important reminder that in this time when everything is different that we need to be aware of those opportunities to connect with God and with ourselves that are maybe a little different than the way we used to do them before. Nothing is the same as it used to be before. We don't have the opportunity to spend as much time with friends at this point as we did before, unless we're willing to do that on Zoom. Again, Zoom. Um, But we need to find those opportunities to refill our our cups, to restore ourselves. Because the next section, which both David and Maya are gonna talk about, are a really powerful section of scripture. But before those things could happen, Jesus had to refill his cup. He had to go up the mountain and connect both to himself and to God through prayer.
0: Yeah, I think it's powerful to think about Jesus having compassion fatigue. You know that um that he it says in this you know the reason that the whole feeding of the 5000 happened in the first place is it says he had compassion for all these people uh, mm-hmm. and cured them and then fed them. And and I love that it this story opens with Jesus taking the time both, like you're saying, to send the disciples away so that he could have some time to himself. But he also took it upon it. He also felt like it was part of his mission and ministry to see this to see this whole thing through until no one was left. You know, like it was mm-hmm. like he needed to be there to not only dismiss the disciples but dismiss these fi- these thousands of people. You know, it wasn't just like you're welcome for the food. I'm out. You know, he. <laughs> he he like is he's not just there he's not just there to to supply people with their ba- most basic needs which he does so well he is there to be in relationship with people and that relationship continues even after the service has been met you know even after the the like basic requirements for for life have been met you know he he does his compassion runs so deep and and like you're saying his compassion for himself runs deep equally as deep as his compassion for other people. Um, And I think Maya has the next point for point number two.
2: Yeah. um, So I kind of wanted to talk about when Jesus says, um, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Um, I kind of wanted to reflect on that based on kind of, I think our modern perceptions of doubt and faith. I think when people think of doubt, I think more than anything, it's viewed as perhaps like a cynicism or like suspicious evaluation of something, like you doubt something is true or um, you doubt someone's ability to do something. Um, and then the opposite of that, faith or belief, like do you believe in God, um, seems to be like what we view as faith. Like, do you just believe in God, right? Do you have faith in God? Um, but I think it goes deeper than that, because Peter obviously believed that Jesus could do amazing things, right? So it's not like he doubted Jesus, or he he believed uh, in Jesus, right? But I think, um, you know, because at this point, we're at chapter 14, you've seen uh, miraculous healings, you just saw the feeding of the 5,000, and the fact that he says, hey, if it is you, like, have me come meet you on the water, right? That's a bold declaration of, like, you. not only do you believe that Jesus can do that, or, like, that, but that is your test to see if this is Jesus, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's, like, a, a pretty, you know, miraculous, crazy thing. And so it's not that he didn't believe in Jesus, but he, I think in a moment of fear, did he trust Jesus? And I think that's like an interesting distinction, right? The difference between I believe in God and I trust in God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, it, he, he, we can believe in Jesus and God um, and God's work and miracles, perhaps on a cerebral level. Um, Like, for me, a lot of it was, like, yeah, God loves everyone, Um, like, when I was a young teenager. Um, Yeah, I understand this. I believe this. But in my heart, there was this belief of, like, oh, except for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of contradicts that, like, belief that I have. Um, I don't have faith or I don't trust that that could also extend to me.
0: Mm -hmm. So perhaps
2: did, did Peter believe that in Jesus and that he did all these things for all these other people. Did he trust that that same grace and power could apply to him as well mm-hmm. in that moment of fear, which is very human, right? I'm not saying don't have that or like continue to trust Jesus through that. But it's just interesting, I think, to examine in our lives, where's this kind of cognitive dissidence in a way of what we believe and what we believe about God and what God can do, and then where in our lives is they're not that trust or that whole, like, mm, except for me or except in this situation, in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets to my point also because um, I love how, like, I love I love Peter's journey here, and I it resonates so much with me in just my kind of daily life, and especially, I think, in this moment of just dis, of discerning what our what our call is, and then like the the process of following that call uh I think it's it's really cool that that peter Peter's whole journey here starts with trying to verify that Jesus is the one who he's looking at, and so the way that Peter verifies his identity is he asks Jesus not to make him walk on water, but he asks Jesus to command him to come to him. And we're hearkening back now to the very first interaction Jesus ever has with Peter, which is when he commands him to come with him. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like the calling. Each one of these disciples has their call story with Jesus. And it's always Jesus asking them to come. Come with me. Follow me. And so it's so cool that, like, Peter has this deep uh, connection and feeling about how he knows when it is Jesus that is calling him which is, I think, a, a really important thing for all of us, to, to know, to be able to discern when we are feeling called by God to do something, uh, which is a very specific feeling, I think, for each of us. And so so Peter's ability to get out of the boat in the first place is based on the trust he has in Jesus, knowing that Jesus calls him in a certain way. Um. But Peter gets out of the boat and he gets to an arm's length of Jesus, right and the storm is still going on, and in the midst of this storm um, he starts to sink because it's still s- terrifying, and then Jesus, you know he says, "Lord, please sa- Lord save me." and Jesus reaches out his hand. To me though, this is such a good, it's such a good story for this moment for so many of us and, and really like it resonates with me deeply for so many times in my life when I feel like I do this kind of work of discerning. I feel God's call to do something. And then I go, I step out and I do that thing. And I'm actually doing it well. And it's, it's going okay. But it's still like there's still a storm going on. You know, like there's still so much happening in life that it, at some point I know what it feels like to like to lose sight of my ability to do the thing that I'm actually doing my, I lose sight of the fact that I was called to do this thing in the first place. And I know what it feels like to start to sink in the midst of the storm. And when I think, especially right now, like we are really being called in a a singularly unique way to all do work around social justice and anti-racism. And I think that one of the hardest things is to continue to feel like I'm I'm doing it right and I'm doing it well and I'm doing it in a way that's actually going to help and not some sort of like self-serving way. And in the middle of like following this call that I feel to this work of social justice and anti-racism, there's so there's so much of the storm that makes me feel like I'm not doing it right or I can't do it right or I should stop doing it or I'm sinking. And I think it I think the way that Jesus reaches out to me is in other people. And this is true of, of a lot of my life of like feeling like in the midst of what if I was ab- if I was able to be objective about myself and my own ca- capabilities I would be able to see that I'm, you know, doing a good job and I'm like trying my best and it's actually going pretty well. But it's hard for me to see that, you know, like for the disciples on the boat, probably they're like, man, Peter is killing it. He's doing a (laughs) great job. I can't believe he's walking on water. And from Peter's perspective, he's like, I am not doing it right. I can't do it anymore. Like there's too much. It's too hard. I'm I this can't be true I can't be this I can't actually be able to do this this doesn't make any sense and I love how there is this that Peter models this ability to ask for help in the midst of that feeling to saying I think I know that I got out of the boat for a reason I know that I started this journey for a reason and I actually made it pretty far Help me recognize that, you know, Uh and Jesus and like my ability to to be in conversation with people who can help me be objective, who can reflect back to me what they're seeing of me, who can who can help pull me up from that place. And and that support can come from anybody, uh, I think, because, you know, we are called to seek and serve Christ in all people. And that's part of the seeking. To know that, that Jesus is present whenever we are asking for help. That Jesus is present in the person we're asking for. Yep. So that's three points. Uh, uh, the first point was Charlotte's, And it was uh, about Jesus you know, sending off the disciples, uh, dispersing the crowd, and then going to be by himself. Those important times in the midst of our ongoing compassion for ourselves and our other people in the world to take time for restoration. And that deeper kind of connection that we can find uh, with ourselves. Even if we don't have Zoom, we can, we can find a deep, deep kind of connection to ourselves and to others and to God. Maya's was about this important, um, the importance of remembering that faith and trust are the same. You know, that it's not just about believing in something that you can't see. It's about trusting and being trusty. and and acting in ways that, um, acting in that kind of trust in what Jesus is saying and asking and commanding. Uh, Not because we have to believe one thing or the other about Jesus, but that we trust Jesus, that we trust his commands and his words. And then mine uh, kind of followed from that, and it was kind of uh, Peter's journey of trust and how uh, we, it kind of models for us our journey of being called to do something and discerning that call stepping out and starting that journey and then you know along that journey we're gonna have times where we feel like we aren't doing it right where we lose sight of why we started in the first place where uh the storm that is you know swirling around us um makes us second guess ourselves and when that happens we can ask for help we can reach out and get that kind of outsider objective perspective of how we're doing what's going on and and that that hand can come from anybody so having heard that uh that discussion we invite you to go back and read uh this week's gospel proper 14 matthew 14 22 to 33 see if you hear or see anything different uh that second time through We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us uh, by email, faith 2 org. You can contact us through our website, wwwmyfaith dot org, and you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go We'd love to hear any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. Thank you to Maya Little Sonia for being on the podcast again. You're the bomb. Yay,
2: Maya. Oh, I love it. Yeah.
0: Uh, we assume you're going to be on um, a billion more times at least in the the coming weeks and months and years Um, we thank you all for tuning in for listening to this week of the Faith to Go podcast and uh, we'll be back next week for proper 15 August 16th until then we say goodbye goodbye everybody goodbye